Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen. And Hayden Bo. And this is part two of building your online business. I don't know exactly where we left off that last week, but today we're going to be building off of what we're talking about. Not last week, this week on Thursday. What we're talking about on Thursday um, and giving you some more details about the direction that we took in building hybrid and what are some of the most important things that we think you should take into consideration when starting your own brand, your own business. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Go Strong Equipment. You can check them out. They make monoliths, competition benches, incline benches, their new fusion bench. They have an awesome product line. They're at gostrongequipment.com. You can also check them out on Instagram at gostrongequipment. Don't forget that you can be automatically entered into a draw to win a new hybrid apparel drop. Uh, we choose people every single week. The way you enter, all you have to do, take a screenshot while you're listening to the podcast, post it in your story, tag Hybrid Unlimited, tag Stephanie and myself, and hopefully you get that sweet, sweet hybrid apparel drop. All right, sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. Yeah, as far as exposure and marketing go so we spoke about branding right before now let's move into into marketing and exposure so for us the way that we that we uh, built our our audience was through social media was a really good time for for us to enter uh you know that scene i think it's a lot more difficult now to even to build a social media profile that's if you yeah, if you audience. don't already have a big account that you can direct at a new account to to cause it traffic or give it traffic and give it a boost early on, it's very very it's difficult. Very difficult. Yeah, we we did it by traveling a ton. We were traveling every weekend or every other weekend. Uh, you know, just to honestly, for me, it was to learn. Like I yeah. saw all of those opportunities as as just kind of a learning experience. We would go travel to visit people who were well-established in the fitness industry. And we would just ask them questions about how they got started. Um, and, and it's amazing how receptive and open most people are mm -hmm. like people who have reached a certain level of success and have confidence in their business. They're not scared to share tons of valuable information with you because they realize that instead of trying to like cut away a little piece of the pie for themselves, it's like, if you make the whole pie bigger, everybody's piece gets bigger and yeah. and that's such an important mentality uh in this industry and one that i think a lot of people actually understand so you're right that's what we did we traveled all over the place um you know the doing collaborations and getting content out of it and doing that kind of stuff was like a nice bonus and certainly helped as well but my, my motivation was meeting awesome people who have yeah. been who have achieved success and who we can can learn from yeah and i and i think I think having the right reasons to connect with someone is important. And even if, even if it's not the fully like reason why you want to connect with someone, I think when you approach someone with, 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 uh, like admiration and respect rather than just like trying to squeeze the juice out of him, sure. like there's nothing more off putting, at least to me, there's nothing more off putting that being that, Someone reaching out to me and whatever, say coming to Miami and then they just squeeze a video out of me and then never talk to me again. There's nothing more off-putting than that. Like I, look, I see every relationship, including ours as a transaction, right? Sure. Like you're getting something from me that that's why you buy me 
you know, diamond rings and, and gold watches, right? Because mm -hmm. you, you want something from, from me, my companionship, my loyalty, you know, my, my company, right? Essentially in the long term. But every, really, every single relationship and interaction is like that. So I have no, no problem with someone reaching out to me for the purpose of filming a video and that's it. But if you're trying to establish yourself in this market and you're trying to develop and nurture relationships, you have to take a step deeper into that relationship and be more genuine and, 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 uh, essentially invest yourself more into that relationship and don't come across as like, uh, you know, go try to make real friends. Yeah. Okay. There, you'll, uh, obviously this isn't a great way to think about it, but your if, if your goal is content in some capacity, you're going to get a lot more content out of a 10 year friendship, you know, where you guys can work together and, and, you know, you become peers then you go show up at somebody's gym and cram a camera in their face for 20 minutes. And, and then you're like, okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. You know, it's Dude, just how many times did we travel to super training and not once did we film a single thing? Yeah. We just genuinely traveled to learn about slingshot and Mark and what they were doing. Cause we admired it genuinely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that, and that happened so many times with Meg squads too. Mm -hmm. Many times we take him out to, to lunch dinner to just talk to them. Yeah, no. many, many people. I mean, we spent years yeah. doing that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, develop real friendships and, and nurture those relationships over the year because it pays out. I think, uh, you know, it's. It, I don't want to sound like hippie and like it's all fate and destiny, whatever, but I do think that you, that the universe puts people in your life for a reason, if you can see it that way. And if you're you're a mensch, like you're a good person and you just try to make everyone around you feel better. The opportunities are going to fall on your lap because you're going to be more trustworthy. You're going to, you know, be genuine. People are going to, people are going to appreciate you and, and, and like you love you and like love being around you. And they're going to throw things at you like opportunities, networking, you know, they're, they're going to pass your name on to other people. Gio told, uh, Bobby hundreds sent Bobby hundreds, the picture of the rug. Oh really? Yeah, so that's why oh, that's Bobby cool. Hundreds follows me. So uh -huh. you know, like that's I'm cool. nice to Geo. We're friendly. They were on our podcast. We continuously, you know, we're in touch with them. We check in, and she was she was cool enough to drop my name to one of the biggest streetwear brands owners that there is. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's really it's cool. because I'm friends with her. It's not because I did a video with her. You know, what I mean? <laughs> right? So yeah, just be a good person, man, and make people make make everyone around you feel valued and feel special and feel good. Yeah. And then everything good is going to happen for you as well. Um, so yeah, that's as far as exposure goes. Then as far as, uh, marketing tools, you know, we were talking about, we were talking about before we get into that, I guess, be, before we get into that, the importance of, if you're running an online business, once you see yourself as an online business and less as a, less as, as a coach, then you're going to start paying attention to things that are actually important besides, you know, instead of paying so much attention to how many certifications you have, right. data collection, data analysis and interpretation, that's probably the most important and useful marketing tool that there is. Yeah. Who's buying your stuff? What do they look like? What else do people who buy your stuff buy? Are those verticals that you can start? You know, there's a million ways that you can use data to enhance your business. What and time are people buying? What time of the year are people more active in the internet? What, 
what type of things are they buying at yeah. certain times of year? Are you selling shorts in December and no one's buying them? Yeah. You know, like there, there's, there's so, so many ways. And yeah. I think most people are just shooting in the dark. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you get lucky and you hit whatever's in the dark, <laughs> but I think a lot of times you miss and you're just, you're wasting resources and time and And even if, you, if you're lucky at the beginning, because this happened to us, we had none of the, we did none of those things the first three years, right? right. Then eventually we hit a plateau and we were like, okay, like we definitely got to start making some changes. We definitely got to start being more analytical and we got to start being smarter about our target, right? It's not just throwing a bunch of shit out in the air and hoping that, that someone catches it, right? Like you have to eventually start being a lot more accurate in who you, who are you targeting? Who exactly is your audience in your email marketing services? You know, don't just send a mass email to everyone you have an email from. You got to have separate, um, what do you call those? Like marketing groups or email, yeah, email lists, email lists, you know, people who've already bought your service. So those people are going to get a different email from, from people who entered their email to get a free sample. And those people are going to get a different email from people who entered their email because they bought an, an apparel t-shirt, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to have different marketing lists. This is, I was one of our best hires, an email marketing person, mm-hmm. an email marketing specialist was one of our best hires, in my opinion. Um, it, it's, it's awesome to be able to have that kind of safety net of a really solid email list and being able to capture all of this data, right? Like, are, are we have more males and fe- or females? What's the age demographic? Where do they live? You know, because if social media, email is never going to be gone, but right. if social media is gone, what do you have? Right. And nothing, your email emails. list, dude, your email list, but it's something, it's a start. No, no, that, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there's companies solely based on, on email, email marketing. marketing and text, email and text marketing, and text marketing. Well, yeah, text being pretty new, but I think it's, it's a good thing, a good game that you should play with yourself. If you own a business or you're starting a business called kill the business, how do you kill the business? Yeah. If the answer is, Instagram goes away, then definitely you need to start working on other things. But, too, but you know what happens with that is that people don't even want to think about that because it's such a scary reality to yeah. think about a world without social media for a business that relies relies solely on social media. But social media will always be here. It's just gonna be a different social media. Well, right, but you but like, if, people the, are making millions of dollars being famous on TikTok right now, doing silly dances. And you know? OnlyFans. And, and OnlyFans. I, I just, Hayden, when are you gonna open your OnlyFans? Maybe I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's actually making all the money around here. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think, yes, I mean, you should, you shouldn't be dependent on one thing, you know, and that was something that we realized because we kind of did that. You know, we said, what, what would really mess us up? And it was like, take, take Instagram away. And then yeah. we were like, oh, okay, let's start building an email list. Let's get on YouTube. YouTube. Let's, you know, uh, start a podcast. Let's have a lot of different ways where we can get our message out, where we're not dependent on one company who has the right to change their policies mm-hmm. without any consideration for us at any given time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are all great, uh, marketing tools. Then you have obviously ad placements that comes further down the line, especially if you have a solid business, like we've been able to generate most of our, our leads through word of mouth, you know, and organic, organic like traffic on social media, yeah, organic traffic and word of mouth. So I think the last step is like higher level ad, ad placement where you're putting those on YouTube, on Pinterest, on Reddit, on TikTok, on Instagram, everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the influencers. So I guess for, for, for anyone who already has a brand, who's listening to us and who's either contemplating hiring influencers or who already has influencers as ambassadors or whatnot, um, I definitely think they're a great investment. But I think the most important thing coming from both sides, right? Because I'm both a sponsored athlete and a business owner. So I can see both sides very clearly. You know, the most important for influencers is direction and accountability. Direction, accountability, and ease of promote uh, promotion material. Yeah, make it easy for somebody to advertise your business. Don't just say, I all your right, business. you're part of our business now. Make sure you post about it a couple times a week. Yeah. Someone needs to be, there needs to be a talent manager who's checking in with that person regularly, like every week or every two weeks, mm-hmm. who's telling them what the plan is, what the direction of the company is, what the you know, what they're expecting from you, what, what kind of the tone of your post, whether it's educational, inspirational, motivational, what should you be saying about the company? And then it's the responsibility of the company ultimately to give you the assets that you need to promote their business, you know, cause nobody knows how to promote your business better than you do. Sure. So, I, I mean, honestly, even like early on, we were guilty of it. Yeah. You know, I, we would we would have someone we'd be paying them to you know talk about their experience with hybrid nutrition. We'd be like, well, that's a shit post. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but they have they can't read your mind. Mm. They have no idea. Like, yeah. You know, we had we had one. <laughs> we had one training influencer who would just continually post about how they were injured, how how like. How, all of their workouts weak, they were weak all their workouts <laughs> felt like fat. shit they're getting fat uh, and he was actually a super popular guy on social media for a time there um but i mean that was just a perfect example of p- placing faith in somebody to to do a job that like to just basically come up with the job on their own when mm-hmm. when it's your responsibility of someone who owns the a business to tell someone how you want them to represent your brand. Yeah. You got to help them out. You definitely have to help them out, guide them a ton. Because they're not marketing experts. Mm-hmm. They're just athletes. Yep. Yeah. You got to give them all the you tools th- that they need. You think Nike like took Jordan off the basketball court and was just like, say whatever about shoes. You <laughs> yeah, know, no. it's like they crafted a very precise marketing campaign where they told them, this is what you're going to say, you know, make sure it aligns with your beliefs mm-hmm. and whatever. But mm-hmm. This is how we want it delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you can also give people, they, you, they don't have to use the exact script that they're, that you're giving them, but just by giving them an idea, maybe two or three different ways to say something that goes such a long way. Like I just did one of my last partnerships mm-hmm. and for the video that we made, like I, they gave me a full script, but obviously it didn't sound anything like me. So I didn't say it like that, but it gave me an idea of what they were hoping that I said. What were all the key points that, you know, yeah, the they, key they want points, you to That's touch. all you need. That's yeah. all that they need. Well, and it actually helps to see it in a script versus mention eight different things yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know? It's way easier. You have way more direction and you're way more confident in what you're saying because you know, that's exactly what's expected. There's no um, uncertainty there as far as like whether or not you did a good job, you know? It's just yeah. the best way to do it. Like if, if, if you're a business, you have sponsored or athletes or ambassadors, just make it easy for them to post because that then you both get to reap the rewards a lot better. You get exactly what you were after and they get an easier gig, which is more comfortable. You know, they'll, they're not going to be spinning on their own wheels, trying to figure out what to say, when to say it, you know? So mm-hmm. 
guidance, it's a lot better. And and I don't mean micromanaging because you were in, in that conversation where I was, I think, was it with ghosts or with, with animal where I was like, I don't want you guys to tell me anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to figure it out. Yeah. But then I actually had a conversation with them and I was like, actually, I need some guidance. Yeah. But I, obviously the level of guidance that's needed uh, depends on the, the person as well. Like yeah. you might find that you do get an influencer where you, where you're giving them like stuff to say at the beginning, but they're just able to make it sound natural and awesome on yeah. on their own. It's like, then just let them do their thing, but make sure you're prepared to provide structure where it's needed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then on that note, marketing and, and the, the, the kind of stuff that you're offering, something that we've always pride ourselves on doing is always under promising and over delivering, right. you know, and at the, even at the beginning we had, our prices were very low, but yeah. way lower than industry our, standard. I think we were $15 a month when we first started. Yeah. Way lower than industry standard. And we continuously added programs into the, the offering that was included into the membership and didn't raise our prices for a long time, you know, because even when we did all of the old members were, they were still paying that old rate. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like we jacked up the price on people who believed in us from early on. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that when, when people are expecting one thing and then they get three times as much as what they were expecting, they're way happier customers they are way more likely to continue using your service or way more likely to, um, recommend the service to other people. And it's, it's a lot more difficult for them to get disappointed when you're giving them so much. Yeah. You know? I always like to say, and nobody is going to share an experience or boast about an experience that is exactly what they expected. Yeah. I love that. You know, like if I go to Subway and I order a, the sweet onion chicken teriyaki, I know exactly what I'm getting. I'm not going to call Caesar and tell him, you will not believe this sandwich that I just had <laughs> because he will believe it. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone's had that sandwich and we know exactly what to expect. Yeah. But if you go there and Gordon Ramsay's behind the counter and all of a sudden now he's making you the sandwich of a lifetime yeah. and you're paying whatever 10 bucks for the sub, now you're going to, now I'm calling Caesar being like, guess what just happened at yeah. Subway, yeah. you know? But I think like that's, a, that's obviously a ridiculous example, but I think there's so many ways where you can do that in your own business where you're, when someone actually receives the service, you're giving them way more than they thought they were going to get. Mm -hmm. And that's what goes a long way. And that's what makes word of mouth so powerful. Mm -hmm. People want to share those experiences. Mm -hmm. What, like, what are the two experiences that you see in a Yelp review? It's never someone goes in three and a half or two and a half out of five stars, exactly as expected. It's either burn this place to the ground or wow, what an amazing experience. And there's no middle ground. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're right. Because those people are just not going to be incentivized to write about it. Exactly. Yeah. You need to evoke an emotion and an, uh, based on an experience right. from someone in order to get their lazy ass to talk about you. Yeah. But again, and it's all about that. It's all about what kind of emotions does your brand evoke or your product or your service or yourself, right? Yeah. It's so important because we're creatures of emotion. We're creatures. We, we like that. We, we live for that. It's all life is about feelings and emotions. Yeah. Whether positive or negative. Mm -hmm. So now we're, 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 we're talking about how to bring people in. You know, we talk about all the marketing tools to bring people in. And I think it's important to focus on, uh, lead generation and lead generation and, um, uh, you just client make, acquisition, client acquisition, you know, and making your client base large. This is such an important topic. So important. Uh, and for years we were stuck in that stage where we were, 
we were, we were just like so overly focused on quantity. How many people can we bring in every month? Did we, did we bring in more people than last month or than the month before or than the year before? And we really weren't focusing on the clients that we already have as much as we should have been. Sure. Right. So it's like, it's a lot more difficult to get people to buy into what you're selling than it is to keep people happy when they already are bought into your service. Yeah. So the hardest part is convincing someone to part with their money. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, now it's up to you to provide the, the experience. Exactly. But you're, you're right in that social media also feeds into that because now you're in a position where if you have a big following, you can send a message out to them. You personally can send a message out to 900,000 people, you know, whenever you want. And yeah, that can generate a lot of leads. So it's easy to forget that to nurture the the clients and customers that you have when people keep coming in the door. Yeah. But there will get a point in if you don't change your business or if you don't improve it where everyone's the whole market that's available or interested in what you're selling has seen what you're selling. Yeah. And if the product doesn't back up the lead generation, it's a problem. Yeah. And even if it backs it up, it's like you, you like we said, we always over deliver. You always got to Got to keep thinking about how can you improve the service that you already have. And we spoke about very briefly about the importance of data collection and, and analysis and interpretation. And that was kind of our first, our the, the first time that we realized how important that was, was when, when Ian made that, that chart about how many people were coming in and how long their client life, what was uh, it? Uh, customer lifetime customer value. lifetime value was. And he pointed out that we were bringing in an absurd amount of people, but we had an even more absurd amount of people leaving or like well, faster. No, a less absurd amount of people leaving. But it was still substantial. Like the point I'm trying to make was we already have people coming in. What we should be focusing on is on increasing their... their right. The amount of people coming in every month is hundreds. It's yeah. it, The way to increase customer lifetime value is to extend the duration of what a membership at hybrid exactly. looks like. Exactly. And when we changed our focus to doing that, I think it, it made a really big difference. Yeah, it did. But, but we wouldn't have ever found out about that if we didn't analyze our data mm -hmm. again, like you need to look at who's coming in, how many of them are coming in and how long are they staying? And then asking them, why are they leaving? Like, what are they, were they dissatisfied with the service they received? Are they looking for a change? Was it not what they're expecting? Like you gotta have an exit survey mm -hmm. there somewhere. You got to have some way to, to communicate with people that are leaving so you can learn about why they left. Yeah. I mean, um, and that's easy enough to do. Like yeah, you don't need an to be, exit survey is so easy. You, you don't need to be a data specialist to do that. You can literally just throw a, uh, a Google survey yeah. at, uh, link, you know, and on your program or in an in exit email or something yeah. like that. Ultimately for the customers that you already have, you want to make them feel special, make them feel like they're part of something that's bigger than themselves reward them when they are, when they are with you for a long period of time, improve the, your software constantly and your offerings constantly so that they see that you're putting some of that money back into the business for their enjoyment, for their use. Right. That's how you make people feel special and, and, uh, you make them feel like you care, like you give a fuck about them being there. And you should, and you and should, you should, of course, they're the ones that are, they're feeding you. They're trusting you, they're supporting you, and they're giving you a certain level of respect to to buy what you're selling. You know, so I, I think you, you have to make it a two way street. You have to show those people respect as well. They're not just numbers on a stats sheet. Those exactly. are people who are going to have real experiences with your business, and they're going to go around and talk about those experiences. So. Yeah, exactly.
Yeah. So I also wanted to bring up the topic of um, hires. We, we briefly spoke about that, but I wanted to talk specifically about the organization of our business. So a big challenge for us was the fact that a business like ours didn't exist. So there's no blueprint for how to run a uh, coaching online business right. around powerlifting and weightlifting. You know, there, there was no... That also sells apparel and has a gym. Right. Like there's... And a fantasy factory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what... It's the, it's random. All, all of our verticals are things that we're just like, well, we're interested in this now. So let's do some of that. Yeah. Yeah. But so so that was a challenge that we had was I was always... I'm, I always, I'm looking more into the future way more than you. You live more in the present mm -hmm. that stressed me out so much. I was like, okay, like eventually what we're doing is not going to work. So who's going to be the person that's going to help us get out of that hole that we might be in at some point. Mm -hmm. And it was stressful because we, we not, not even a hole, just like if you have goals or for a road a growth and or that, the yeah. things that get you from A to B are not going to be the same things that get you from B to C yeah. and so on. Yeah. So figuring out what the next hires should be was a, a difficult thing. So I wanted to just touch on this and talk about our, our our approach. Sorry to interrupt your regularly scheduled programming. I just wanted to hop on here and remind you about our services. We specialize in delivering accessible and affordable online training and nutrition plans for people of all levels. As far as training goes, membership is $40 per month, and that includes access to all of our workout programs, which include Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, lower and upper body focus training plans, bodybuilding, functional fitness, strongman, conditioning, and general fitness. As far as nutrition goes, we offer individualized online nutrition coaching services where we will guide you to find a diet that works for you based on your personal preferences, as well as help you build the systems and habits to adhere to your plan in the short and long term. You will be working one-on-one -on -one with a coach who will communicate with you weekly via check-ins using our software. Whether you want to improve your performance, lose weight, gain weight, gain muscle, or simply improve your understanding about dieting and relationship with food, the service is for you. So go sign up at hybridperformancemethod.com. So I wanted to give a give you guys an idea of the way that we did things and what what the what the the process of hiring was like to build the hybrid organization. So for us, we started just Hayden and I pretty much wearing every single hat that there was customer service, writing training programs, marketing, email, uh, building a brand, everything. I literally uh, would sit in cafe blue, cafe blue. and be, be the whole customer service team. And then <laughs> Steffi and, and writing a lot of the programs or, and whatever, every other job that needed to be done. And you would be in grad school, in class, like writing articles and Instagram posts and doing all that stuff. Yeah. And it obviously it got to a point where uh, the amount of content we needed to create, the amount of, you know, naturally with the, the more customers we had, the bigger the customer service demand was, um, you know, and, and we started getting involved in other areas of business as well. So we had to, we couldn't do everything anymore. You know, and there were people also not only like, was there just too many jobs to do, but you reach a point where you're not obviously not, you can't be the best at everything. Yeah. People can, or can, most people can usually become very good at one thing mm -hmm. too, if you're a very special person and. And beyond that, man, you, you need free time, not for the sake of free time. I always say this. I think free time 
is so important for creativity and just to think sure. like the, the most, the most accomplished people in the world have legitimate thinking spots where they would retreat to and yeah. do nothing but read books or sit alone with their thoughts. You know, like you can't be going all the time. You gotta, you gotta sit back, drink a brewski and think <laughs> about what you're going to do next, you know, and gather your thoughts and, and talk about them. So and- and you also, gotta free you, your time. And if you're solely involved in managing the day-to-day of your business, then who's thinking about the long-term of your right. business? You right. can't, right? Those yeah. are those are two mutually exclusive roles. Yeah. And the more you can remove yourself from the day-to-day operations, the more you can focus on on what's the most important thing for the company, which is is the direction, direction and leadership. Yeah. So I think that so, was our first hire was uh, Alex as a general, general manager. manager. Yep. So it was the Alex's role back there was pretty much all the day-to-day operations, like answering customer service, inputting training programs, removing, adding and removing people from our Facebook group. Being a, a face uh, at the gym. Yeah. So if people showed up at hybrid V1, there was somebody there to greet them. Because, yep. you know, like we said, we traveled a ton. We were gone pretty much every weekend. Mm-hmm. And you were in grad school for a majority of the day most days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then... We brought someone for media. Well, actually, software development was wow. our first yeah. hire, technically, because we had to have this, the the site built and we kept them on board. Mm-hmm. Our original software developers for quite some time. Um, but that was just that sort of, we almost at the time didn't even see them as like a hire. It no. was almost like a, just like a. Because also, it was also a side project for them at yeah, the time. True. And then they started making enough money from us where they could they could quit their jobs and work for focus. I think, no, I think they, they still worked, uh, but they just started a business and started hiring more software developers to work under them to support the demands that we had for them. But I'm pretty sure our main software developers still had a day job for the entire time. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, anyway, besides the point, uh, so then, yeah, Alex was the next one, general manager. And then was it media or was it Mike? After Alex? I think it was no, Mike. No, I think it was our first uh, nutrition coaches, maybe. Because we didn't have uh, – Alex was doing all the customer service at one point too. We only brought Mike on later. Okay, right. You're right. So the next vertical we started was nutrition coaching, and we hired two coaches uh, right off the bat, shortly after another one, shortly after that. A fourth one who was Francesco, who's our head nutrition coach now, who's in charge of all of the continuing education, mm-hmm. uh, professional development, uh, and, and basically the entire management of the nutrition side of the business. Mm-hmm. And then who'd we bring in? Whip out that org chart. Yes. Yeah, There's too I'm many gonna... people. That's what I'm pulling up. Here. <laughs> yeah, then we hired Mike. Then Mike, which was our first... Uh, customer service. Well, our first solely customer service representative, uh, who he was working part-time at the time. Now he's full-time. Mm-hmm. So he works full-time hours on customer service. Yeah. Um, then we hire media. Then it was, yeah, Caesar. Caesar on, well, we actually had, we had a few media people who didn't work out for yeah. various different reasons. Media people are really hard to find. Yeah. Uh, we found that out definitely. Yeah. So then Caesar was brought in as a media director and now we have three media people working for us one person who focuses more on digital graphic design graphic design and caesar and then a second videographer slash editor dexter's board (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, um, well, then, we then had, the oh. head, like you said, the, one of our coaches became the head nutrition coach who's in charge of overseeing the communications between all of the other coaches and their clients, as well as making sure that those people are up to date with the, with the latest literature. Research. Yeah. Latest research. We also have throughout actually first, even maybe before Alex, we had group moderators, which is, uh, a really cool role. We have about one of the. We have like 15 or 20 group moderators at this point. And those are people who go through the, the Facebook group. Our, our Facebook group grew to a size where we had like 11,000, 12,000 people, I think, in it. And obviously, Steffi and I couldn't just sit there and answer all those all the questions and uh, you know things, things people wanted to talk about in the Facebook group. So we started bringing on knowledgeable group moderators. Uh, now we have three levels of group moderator, which is pretty cool. Like level one just directs. Uh, people's questions to coaches, tags coaches. Level two uh, gives gives input, um, like on uh, they're they're knowledgeable and up in training, uh, nutrition, etc. To be able to to give um, uh, advice, and then we have our lead moderators. We have two of them uh, who are in charge of hiring new moderators and running, uh, you know, like just keeping them up to date on on all the different things that change in the business and how to answer certain questions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but those have been ongoing, like moderators we've, we've had a ton over the, over the years. So they're kind of like sprinkled into the mix. Um, training coaches as well. You know, whenever we had a program that wasn't in our scope, we would hire people to, to write and answer questions and monitor those programs. Um, More recently, uh, new customer service staff as well. Cap. Oh, yeah. Cap as COO. That was one of our more uh, recent full-time hires. And our CMO. And our CMO, Candice, who is amazing. Um, but yeah, should we make a simplified sort of order? Sure. I think, yeah, the first person you bring on has to be someone who can handle, who can take a lot of the busy work off your hands. Mm-hmm. hopefully which and this was the case with us that that person was very capable and once we had higher level demands uh that we all that we didn't have time to take care of anymore those were passed to them and then some of the lower value tasks were passed from that person to a new hire yeah and so on and so on um but i think just to kind of go back to what you're saying before I think people people are afraid to hire because when you start these businesses, they're your babies, and you think you're the only person who cares as much about uh, this business, uh, you know, or who cares to the level that you care. And you're right; no one's going to care about your business more than you. But what you have to do is build a good company culture that people want to be a part of, mm-hmm. and find various different ways to incentivize people to do their best job. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's your main job as as a high level management in a business absolutely and within that there's you know how do you choose who you want to bring into the business i think a lot of people get overly focused on their current skills and abilities which the current skills and abilities of a potential hire of a potential hire yeah uh, and they don't realize that those are flexible you know you're People can develop into a position that you want them to be in as long as they are driven and ambitious and uh, 
you know, they're, they're dri- driven and ambitious and are willing to put in the work essentially. And they fit your company culture. So that's the most I, important thing. The fit is way more important than their current skills and abilities. Right. And also the earlier on they are in the, in the like number of hires, like if this is your first hire, then that means that's somebody who's going to be responsible for helping you build the company culture. And that, that becomes very important that they're the fit that you see for your business as well. Yeah. But you're right. Like, and, and Caesar is a great example of it. We were actually using him as the example when we were talking about this earlier. And I'm sure if he goes and looks back at that first video that he ever submitted to us, he's probably like laughs at it, you know, <laughs> to him. He's like, Oh, it's cringe, you know, but at the time we thought it was good yeah. and he was the right fit. He was our type of, of people. And even though he didn't have like the, these crazy skills, you know, he was someone who fit and being fitting in with our team means that you value personal development, you value professional development and you're going to keep getting better. And that was evident. Yeah. And now, I mean, look, I don't know if there's anybody in the industry who puts out the level of, of content that, that we do. So yeah. I mean, and the person has to have the same level of ethical and moral values as mm-hmm. well. Like you just need to, they need to value the same things, you know, making people feel good, providing high quality stuff, uh, personal development, all of these different things. Um, and then within that, that hiring process, it's starting people small in terms of salaries and having almost like a trial period where they have to prove themselves to you and to the business. Um, uh, honestly, I think that's one of the best weeding out processes because if somebody can't bust their ass and provide exactly what you want when they're trying to prove to you that they want the job, then they're never going to work out. Yeah. And you really need to test them in that period of time. Like you need to push them hard. And the, like the way that I approach at least uh, interviews for potential new hires is I paint them the worst possible picture of what working oh, hybrid. That, that is such a good uh, change in the way we hire. hire. Yeah. yeah. I paint them the worst possible picture about what working at hybrid is like. It's like, all right, you have vacations, probably won't have them. Uh, (laughs) You like regularly scheduled, you know, work hours, can't have those. You don't like working 16 hours in a day, can't have, you know, can't be here. Uh, You don't like being on call, can't be here. Like working at hybrid is hard work. It's very demanding. It's not for everybody. You know, the expectation is very big. Like I'm expecting that you're always developing, that you're always taking courses and improving yourself and your skills. You know, there's going to be really late nights if we have an apparel drop, like we're all, I mean, how many times are we not all talking in a group uh, in a, on Slack at 11 PM talking about whatever. And then Ian Kaplan responds at 1 AM. And there's always someone that's like, what, you know? Yeah. So it's just part of the job. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of downtime, but there's also a lot of like times where you're just going ham, you know, and that's just a balance that you need to be okay with. You need to be okay with, with, with that type of atmosphere and structure. Of course, because, and I think that's really tough for people to do. And it certainly was for us because you, you want to paint the best picture of your business, right? Right, Your business is your baby. Right. And you're selling them into, you know, you want them to accept the job that you potentially will offer, right? But it's important to realize that you're the one there who has the job to offer and they're selling themselves to you. Yeah. So it's like if you if you can sell someone on the worst possible vision of the business, you can say, yeah, it's, this is a terrible job. This is what you're going to have to do. Yeah. And they're like, I'm in? Then great. They're going to be pleasantly surprised when 
you know, there's a lot of perks and a lot of benefits. But if you just try to paint your business like it's the easiest thing in the world and you're going to just work for us and you can sit back and just watch the money flow, (laughs) you know, then at the first sign of struggle or the first sort of difficulty or or challenge that they're faced with, now people are, are unhappy. Yeah. And I think it's, that's like, if if people listening take one thing from this entire, no, if they take two things from this entire podcast, it, don't ever give up ownership to a, a, a business that is your idea. And two, uh, definitely uh, don't, don't paint this beautiful, perfect picture of the ideal of your business when you're trying to sell somebody on a job position. Give them the worst. And then... I think you're going to find a lot happier workers in the, in the long term. Yeah. And then finally, as far as employees, uh, pertains, um, making sure that there are either quarterly or half yearly or yearly evaluations, like performance evaluation reviews, Mm -hmm. where you can sit down with your, with your employees or contractors, give them feedback about how they did over the years. And so that they have, they have, a a very good idea of what you're looking for in terms of their development and their, uh, their work. Right. So they know exactly what you're expecting. They know that there is a professionalism standard that you're expecting from them, uh, and that they're being evaluated and that you're and that you're watching what they're doing mm-hmm. and then give them feedback. You know, if there's things that they need to improve on, then you got to let them know periodically. Uh, and then as with that goes making sure that you're setting a standard for when they can approach you with say, for example, um, pay raises, you know, because especially when you start out, when, when you're a small business, people are way too close to you. You know, people are so close to you that they just feel like they can pop into your office anytime and tell you about something that they don't like and how they want to race or how they feel undervalued, whatever. And, Uh and that should also be, that should also be structured. When is it appropriate for you to walk into my office and tell me that you want to perform that, that you're, that you want to race, right? Like mm-hmm. it should be right after a performance review and it should only be every year so or, or every year and a half, or every two or five you, years, you whatever said. it is. Exactly. But that needs to also be. Also, be, when is an unacceptable time to just reach me in general? You yeah, know what that I mean? too. You like, started, you started putting office, we started doing office hours. Yeah. Yeah. I have one day a week. We're for four hours. Anybody can have my ear. You have to book an appointment with me. And, and that's it. There's no more like, Hey, do you have five minutes for me to talk? And now 50 people are trying to do that every week. Like it's, that's madness. You you can't do that. So yeah, yeah, I think boundaries, structure, those are all super important things. Yeah, absolutely. That was a lot. I think that, I mean, that's a lot that I just, we could probably do another whole podcast on, on this stuff, but I think that's a good chunk. And I hope people have pens and or pencils and they're, they're writing down some of this stuff because we shared a lot of, of things we did right. And also a lot of things that, that, you know, that could be, could have been done better and would have saved us the time had we done them that way. Yeah. Um, well, for those of you who don't know, which is all of you, because we haven't talked about this actually, Kate and I are working on, uh, a master class or a mini course on starting your own online business. And uh, you guys want to stay tuned when that drops because it's going to be full of awesome stuff and you're going to be able to work one-on-one with us. So, Yep. So that is all for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't done that, done it, done it. So, wow. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you subscribe to 
our podcast. Um, head over to hybridperformancemethod.com to snag a training program or a nutrition program. You can also input your email on the website to get a free week sample of any program that you want. And a free nutrition ebook. And a free nutrition ebook just by entering your email. And also, you know, make sure that you're that you're paying attention to our hybrid apparel drops because they're one of a kind, limited release. They would never reprint our designs. And they're the coolest, most dopest swag in the world, pretty much in the world. I mean, there's nothing, nothing even comes close. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and for those of you who don't know, you know, we have to do a segment in hybrid apparel because it's so cool. I love hybrid apparel is my baby and I, I'm, I'm really passionate about it, but we actually do all of our printing ourselves. We have a warehouse where we hand print each one of our shirts. We package our own shirts. We print the labels, we ship them, we design them here in Miami locally, um, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, we do the whole thing. Huh? It's we all us. Yeah. If you get a shirt, we've probably touched it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, go uh, get some apparel and stuff. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.